0: Welcome to the Grand Hill Chronicles Podcast. Rough Rehearsal Valkyr and Aton stood at the edge of the field among a line of tents, keeping themselves mostly out of view of the center of the field. They looked over on one adjacent side, where Domeyer concealed himself. On the opposite side, they couldn't see Tito or Misolfa, though they knew they were there. The wooden platform at the middle of the field sat there, looking rather conspicuous. A few guards mulled about the square field. Domeyer looked at them, then at two different points on the far side of the field. He nodded to them, encouraging them to keep waiting. Then he turned his glance again to the platform at the center. The platform top swung open on the sides as two lids hinged at the middle. Men began pouring out, climbing up from a dugout underneath. Aton tightened his grip on the hilts of his twin swords, made of wood for training. As soon as each trapdoor had disgorged five men, Dillmeier gave a shout: "Advance!" Valkyr and Aton jumped from their position and ran towards the center, accompanied by the two nearest guards. Valkyr pulled out two blunt-ended arrows and knocked one while stashing the other in her bow hand. She stopped running, having arrived at an ideal distance for her to stay safe from enemy's blows, but still be able to target the enemies only rather than hit friendly flesh. Aton stepped a little to the side as he ran to give her more room to aim towards the attackers. He stepped aside again to dodge an oncoming arrow from the attackers. Likewise, an archer from Domeyer's side of the field stopped and knocked an arrow. As he pulled back, Aton heard Valkyr's first arrow whiz by and saw it strike one of the attackers on his armored breastplate. The attackers formed a ring around the platform. Five of them were archers themselves, though only two did not also carry an additional weapon besides a dagger. The three additionally armed archers put their bows away as Aton and the rest advanced on them. The final man climbed out of the platform just as the clash began. Though armored, he carried only a dagger. He played the part of the sageman who transported all the attackers here. He was Tito's to capture, Aton, secondarily, if Tito couldn't get to him. The field was filled with the crack of oak weapons on metal plate. Tito swung a fake blow of his axe at his first opponent, then continued to turn and gave the man a hard kick to push him back. It was expertly done, but the prince only carried 15 turns of age. This man was probably in his early 30s and outweighed him by a good margin. The man caught himself quickly and returned with a blow of his club to Tito's stomach. Misolfa caught up at that point, a smile on her face at the chance to help her brother out. She swung her hammer and caught the man on the shoulder of his club arm. It spun him off balance, and she took the opportunity to step on his foot and push him again, sending him to the ground. She swung her hammer lightly on his helmeted head. He lay still, knowing he'd been put out of this fight. The man, acting as sageman, turned back to the platform, signifying the effort to bring more attackers. Aton pretended to slit the throat of his current opponent, who obligingly dropped to his knees and then all the way to the ground. Aton then looked around quickly. Domeyer was engaging three attackers on his own. Tito was facing two more, and Misolfa was getting pushed back by two attackers with swords. Valkyr had downed three with her arrows. The guards who came to assist were caught in their own combat with the attackers. The Forellas were winning this fight, but if the Sageman disappeared to bring more muscle, they would lose. The Sageman could be killed, of course, but it was preferable to capture him. The grunts who fought were the muscle of the operation. Perhaps the one in command knew more than just their mission, but the sageman surely had some answers. If they killed him, they risked losing a potential source of information. Go on, Aton, Domeyer yelled. Help him out. Aton threw one sword at the lower back of one of Tito's opponents, hitting him below his back plate. The man looked down to see the weapon clatter to the ground beside him. Realizing this would have been a cutting blow, he fell to the ground. The other opponent realized he was now outnumbered and yelled to one of Domeyer's attackers, Jobil, get over here! They're going to get away with him! As Aton now tried to face two opponents, he did more dodging than striking. One of Misolfa's opponents peeled off to help his ally. The other one had made the mistake of looking to confirm his compatriot was going and then regretted it as he caught a hammer strike to the side of his head. Misolfa then launched herself after the man who had peeled off. He was too late anyway. Tito acted as if to slice off both arms of the opponent he faced at the moment, then dashed for the sageman as Aton turned to face the attackers approaching. The sageman was lifting one trapdoor when Tito caught him by the wrist and pushed the man's arm behind his own back, forcing him to come along with him with some control of his wrist. The man cringed as he struggled and tried not to comply. The defenders gave a shout as it looked like they took today's battle. But then a blunt arrow point bounced off the Sageman's neck. The Sageman grunted at the blow. Everyone else groaned. The fight was over, but not as a clear victory. The attack had been neutralized, but without gaining any information. We'll be right back with more of the story after this brief message. The Grand Hill Chronicles podcast is brought to you by David Blumberg, Master Teacher of Clarinet. David has made his career in clarinet for over 35 years, and he travels the world performing and instructing. Also, he has taught lessons online for over a decade now. You can visit his website and read the testimonials from well-known players. Ricardo Morales? Are you kidding me? Wow. But I would also like to add my own. For seven years, playing the clarinet was my job, and in the middle of that time, I learned by chance that he was traveling to my local area. I reached out to him, my buddies and I got together, and we hired him for a group lesson. Every cent worth it. By the way, there are a couple of images for you to see in the video format of this podcast, including a picture of David and me on that day. Jump onto the Grand Hill Chronicles Facebook page or YouTube channel to see them. Now, about that lesson we had. David is very knowledgeable. I was impressed. Remember, I have a degree in music education specializing in clarinet, and I had been playing for a living for a few years already. He had techniques and methods that were very helpful to me to improve my skill level and play some tricky passages more proficiently and expressively. Visit his website today, which you can find at clarinetlessononline.com. That's all one word. Follow the contact link at the top right corner or click the red book lesson button and fill out the Clarinet Lesson Inquiry form. Short on cash? Group lessons are always an option to split the cost. Even more, mention the Grand Hill Chronicles podcast and David will spot you a 15-minute introductory lesson-slash-meeting free of charge. Lastly, you can always join the community for discussing the craft. Just search Facebook for Clarinetists ICD. That stands for International Clarinetists Discussion. We'll see you there. Know yourself, seek improvement. Good fight! Good fight. Captain Balin approached from the side of the field, helping combatants to their feet and shaking hands. Good fight, all of you. Tito, good wrist lock. Channer, how's your wrist? He paused to see Channer give him a nod, turning his wrist around and rubbing his neck with his other hand. Captain Balin continued with his assessment of the struggle. Domeyer, if you're leading the defense, you need to give more instructions. You hung back somewhat and had a good view of what was going on. You're tall enough that you could see over your opponent's shoulders. Your siblings and other guards were in the thick of it. Let them benefit from your view. Aton, that was good that you went with it. Went well overall, but... All of you, you can't let your guard down when you think you're winning. Yes, you stopped the assault. Yes, you were taking them down. But where are they from, and what is their full mission? A dead sageman can't tell you anything. Besides, this could have been only the first wave. Once it's been long enough, without his return, they'd start sending more anyway. They only have to stop because of crowding. True, in a real situation, more of your reinforcements would be arriving right now, but you can't let your guard down for a moment. Balin looked over at Valkyr and Pilbun, who was giving her a critique on her archery. Master Pilbun, can you give us a minute please? Pilbun nodded, and Valkyr came closer to the group. Valkyr, how's your training with the blade coming? Valkyr shrugged. I'm working on it, but it feels somewhat alien to me still. Balin sighed. You've got to work on that short sword. You need to be able to fight in close quarters. Your archery is great and all that, but sometimes, like this scenario here, you're more needed up close. Even you have to be careful where you're shooting when there's a fight like this one. I saw you sighted in and holding shots because it wasn't safe to take them. That's when you pull your sword out and jump in. Valkyr nodded. Yes, sir. Meesle, you did well assisting Tito. Keep that up. Now all of you, overall, good job. Remember, tomorrow in front of everyone, don't be nervous. Just do what you've been doing and keep your wits about you. When your Aunt Stolfa did her departure, remember she only has a shield. She carried a dagger as well and used the shield as best she could. She put on a great show, too. You just do what you can. He nibbled his lip momentarily. That's it for today. Well done. Have a good day. Get ready for tomorrow. He turned and walked off to see to his duties with the guard. Pilbin called Valkyr over and resumed his archery critique. Tito stepped up to Aton. Thanks, Aton. You had my back. Aton shrugged. We all have each other's backs. That's just the way the fight went. Besides, they don't attack me as much since I'm supposedly not so threatening as the rest of you. Aton sighed. First Prince of Grandhill without a weapon, best painter, best musician, best on the ball field. No proper weapon of my own. You and the others have a clear job. Join Father and Aunt Stolfa and lead the guard and protect the land. I'll paint our enemies away, or serenade them to pacifism. Some help that is. He sighed, frowning. No, Aton, Tito assured him. You've got it made. You're one of us, and a fantastic fighter. Your fighting isn't the same as the rest of us. He hesitated, admitting ton sensitive spot. But after father and Domeyer, you're the best with the sword, only I can best you with a battle axe, only Misulfa can outshine you with the hammer, and only Valkyr can hit targets more true with an arrow. You shouldn't be bummed. You're the best with those two rapiers, too, and throwing a dagger. Dommeyer and Misulfa walked up. Pilbin continued coaching Valkyr, who was drawing her bow and pointing practice arrows at a post on the edge of the grass filled square. Aton kicked the grass with his toe. You're right, Tito, of course. But you guys get to go on your trip. Well, I get to go there, but then I come back. You guys actually go to the training point and pick up your weapons. I just come back and it's life as usual. It's not fair. They saw Pilbin finish with Valkyr, and Valkyr started jogging towards them. They all began walking back towards the city. Valkyr caught up after a few more seconds. "'So what are we all doing this afternoon?' Valkyr said. She had a twinkle in her eye. Aton relaxed at the change of subject. Domeyer answered, "'Well, father wanted us to go watch him in court, "'but from the sound of your voice, "'it sounds like you have plans afterward.' Valkyr pursed her lips. "'Well, perhaps I do. Perhaps I don't.' Misulfa laughed out loud. "'Okay, Valkyr, you're going to go see "'Jaker the baker again, aren't you?' Valkyr turned with an amused fire in her eyes. "'Don't call him that!' Just Jaker will do just fine, thank you very much. Musofa couldn't help herself. Fine, she said. She drew her voice out laboriously in a show of resignation. Even though his father is a baker, and Jaker the baker rhymes so nicely, what more could you ask for? I suppose I will respect your wishes and call him Just Jaker from now on. Valkyr said nothing and punched her sister in the shoulder. Hi, Don Bishop here, creator of the Grenhill Hill Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed today's narration. If you're not already aware, the Grenhill Hill Chronicles is a web novel you can read for free at thorn.link, that's T-H-O-R-N dot L-I-N-K, and like a web comic, it is published online as a serial work, and it is still continuing to be created. The Grand Hill Chronicles podcast is brought to you by my Patreon subscribers, and today I would like to thank Carolyn Bishop and Poster Number X for their patronage. If you enjoyed this reading, you can also become a patron and support this project by going to patreon.com slash Also, check us out on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Grand Hill Chronicles and follow or like so you can know when we do things like publish a new video or share a new map as we continue to build the Grand Hill universe. Before we go, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, rate us on Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube, subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications of future updates. But most of all, if you are enjoying this story, share it with your friends. Thank you for joining us today.